0: when you're solving a very challenging problem with technology, you can attract exceptional people. We're doing the same thing with insurance. It's it's less about the the business we're in, insurance, it's more about the problem we're solving for these small business owners. And I am having more fun in insurance, Uh, no kidding. Like I'm literally having more fun. Uh, and, And I was trying to think to myself, well why is that? early investors said uh you don't need to be that aggressive like you had us at hello because of the technology and, and my co-founder and i in our background um we did five and a half million our first year and 38 million our second year
1: This is the Proco 360 Podcast. I'm Dave Tabor, hosting Proco 360 because I love Colorado and I love getting to know Colorado's entrepreneurs. Today's episode features Dax Craig, CEO of Pi Insurance. Pi is serving small business owners by making small business insurance quick and easy. Powered by a fintech engine, which has attracted massive outside attention and investment, get this $615 million, including a $315 million Series D round in September of 2022. That makes Pi Insurance another Colorado unicorn, and that makes Dax another unicorn guest on Proco 360, joining amazing leaders like Ben Wright of Velocity Global, Brian Egan of Evolve, John Street of Pax Eight, Jen and of. Agent Sink, and Mario Chabrara of Quantum Metric. Check out those episodes, too, after you've listened to this one. DAX's objective is to make Pi Insurance top of mind for small business owners, and we'll talk about how that's done and about the secret sauce of an InsurTech engine that can drive unicorn valuations. Also about the heart and soul of the business, which is enabling fledgling businesses to obtain workers' comp so really they can operate Without it, they couldn't. So, Dax, glad you have you on ProCo 360. Fabulous. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I'm, I'm, so, I gave an overview, but I'm sure you could do a much better one. Tell us about Pi Insurance. Well, so Pi's mission is to
0: help businesses thrive by making insurance easy and affordable. Small businesses have uh, historically a, a challenging time getting insurance. Uh the industry is is set up a little bit against them. Um, it's hard for them to get insurance from agents because they're too small. It's hard for them to get insurance from uh, insurance companies because they're too small. And so we aim to fix that. We aim to serve those small businesses with... Uh, with
1: easy and affordable, uh, insurance. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's so funny. I told you this too, before we agreed to do the, the episode together is that like, I've resisted talking to insurance (laughs) CEOs. I just don't think like insurance is just not sexy. And then when I saw that you had raised $315 million, like that caught my attention, that in (laughs) itself is sexy. Right. But you said that the insurance business actually, like you really enjoy it. So talk about that. It's fascinating. Um, I get to work with
0: every type of business. Right so when when you're in a in a tech business, um like I've been for my career, I work in, and I've done some interesting stuff, wireless at the dawn of of the wireless industry and cell phones, uh artificial intelligence and predictive analytics, uh really at the dawn of of that. And I am having more fun in insurance. Uh no kidding. Like I'm literally having more fun. <laughs> Uh, and, I, and I was trying to think to myself, well, why is that? Um, AR success, you know, raising three hundred fifty sure. million dollars is not a measure of success, but it it's indicative of the success we're having. So that helps. Culture of the business, uh, we've created an amazing culture, and we get to help small businesses with something that they really struggle with. I mean, talking about landscapers and plumbers and electricians, people that we do business with every day. Yeah. They actually have a very hard time with this. And so getting to to work with them and actually in many cases save their business, we've gotten constant feedback. Oh my God. If I hadn't have found pie, I would have shut down. I
1: and mean, that's amazingly gratifying as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And you also shared with me some of the employees that came to work for you, like they didn't really they weren't really that excited at first, right? To go right. work at in a insurance company. But you've heard other things from them too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's when you build an amazing culture,
0: doesn't matter the business you're in. Think about uh, PayPal,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Nobody wanted to be in payments yeah, before PayPal. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And when you make the business exciting, when you're solving a very challenging problem with technology, you can attract exceptional people. We're doing the same thing with insurance. It's it's less about the the business we're in insurance. It's more about the
1: problem we're solving for you know these small business owners. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting comparison. I really hadn't thought about it because really you're right. Pay, uh, payments sound boring too, um, right? And so you create you solve problems in a fun culture, and I suppose that becomes what it tracks and engages employees. Yeah, and when 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 you're working on something that matters, right? People get yeah. energized yeah. and engaged. So. Talk a little bit more about the problem. You say you're solving a really difficult problem. Talk about that problem a little bit. Maybe, you know, a startup landscape contractor or, you know, whatever. Well, listen, I'll tell you
0: about our very first customer. Uh, small concrete worker uh, in Georgia. His, uh never had a claim. Small business, you know, 10 people kind of uh, mm-hmm. small
1: business. Never had a workers' comp claim or in an injury. Never a, yeah. Right,
0: never had a workers' comp claim. And his insurance company sent him a cancellation notice because his premium was under ten thousand dollars. This is a small business, yeah, right? You yeah. know, hundred thousand dollars in payroll, kind of. I mean, mm-hmm. very small. He was able to get a, a work comp quote from us for sixty five hundred dollars. We didn't care that he was too small. Yeah. And he has been with us ever since. So that was, you know, almost six years. Still never had a claim. Mm -hmm. Always paid his bills on time. If he had a claim, of course, we'd take care of it. Uh,
1: That is repeated hundreds of thousands of times Mm. uh, across the country. And and we're going to get into how you do that because it's really a technology enabling deal where because of the technology, you can serve those customers. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But first, I want to – as you think back about why you started and you said you've done other things, AI, other tech and all that. Mm -hmm. But when you – if you were to rank why you chose to start Pi, I've got four options for you. Put okay. them in order. A, you like insurance. I think we already decided that one. <laughs> B, you're drawn to the technology. C, you saw a pain point and felt like called to fix it. And the last one, business opportunity, the ability to make money. How do you rank those? Uh, pain point first. Yeah. Uh, for sure.
0: Um my great grandfather was a small business owner. My grandfather was a small business owner. My dad was a small business owner. I saw firsthand the struggles that small business owners had. Um, and at Valen, my prior company, I saw how insurance companies leverage small business to subsidize bigger business, and it just didn't meet my fairness doctrine. I'm like, I, I, I can't believe we would say, hey, you could lower prices on these small businesses. No, no, no. no. Mm. We make a lot of money on these small businesses, Mm. which is counterintuitive. Um, It
1: is. But if you can, if they don't have a lot of choices, then I guess they pay. Exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. They don't have a lot of choices. They pay and they stay because they're afraid if they leave, they'll get canceled. So I saw that as a real pain point, a real opportunity as well, uh, because it's a huge market. It's, you know, it's a hundred billion dollar market in the U.S. alone. Uh, so it's, it, it's a giant opportunity. So that I would say opportunity number two. Um, I love the business problem, right? Applying technology to mm-hmm, something that mm-hmm. is not very technology driven today. So I love, yeah. you know, uh, that part of it. And then um, the technology. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, AI is super cool. Everybody, you know, is playing with it now because of Chad BGBT. But, you know, we've been doing yeah, this for yeah.
1: a decade. So, all right. you. You'd like for pie to become sort of a household name, meaning really that you want it recognized by really all small business mm-hmm. owners. Like, how long is that going to take? If you throw three hundred million at it, does it get sold pretty fast?
0: Um, well, we, we we hope it's more organic than just throwing money at yeah, it. Um, yeah, you'd hope so. Uh, we're we're actually fairly well recognized now in in the markets we serve. Um, how long before that gets you know to, to household? recognition uh it's several more years yeah. i suspect yeah uh, and, and you don't have money.
1: you don't have like a graphic lizard character you're going to put up to <laughs> a super bowl or something no
0: but but yeah we think our logo is pretty cool and our name yeah. uh yeah. easy as pie is 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 where the name comes from and mm-hmm. we own easy as pie.com. well
1: you do we do oh that's cool yeah. You're listening to Proco 360, named Best Colorado Business Podcast in 2021 and 2022. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and this is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. My guest today is Dax Craig, CEO of Pi Insurance. I want to thank our great sponsors, Kinsley Meetings. They're our longest-running sponsor. Really appreciate them. If you've got meetings that have a lot of moving parts, have some complexity... Give Kinsley Meetings a call. Also via technologies, really appreciate them hosting the very data-heavy Proco 360 website. Their team gives me a ton of help, and I appreciate them. Finally, Colorado Biz Magazine, our partnership is one of building our audiences together. Go to Proco360.com and check out these sponsors. All right. Dax, you've raised a ton of money at valuations that make Pi a unicorn, Um, and it seems like every unicorn is sort of in a technological niche, a tech niche. They're maybe not all tech, but to what extent when you were working on these raises, did your funders understand the actual technology that you were building and had built and were deploying? And to what extent did they just see this? They looked at your numbers and said, we can make a ton of money.
0: Um, well, that's a good question. the The genesis of Pi is technology. It's data analytics, and being able to use those to serve small businesses better. Nobody knew it would work uh, because other insurance companies had not leveraged it in this way. And so, when we started, we didn't know. We didn't know how how this would work in the marketplace. Our first uh, projection in, uh, 2018 was, we do about $3 million in premium and the next year, 20 million. And our early investors said, uh, you don't need to be that aggressive. Like you had us at hello because of the technology and, and my co-founder and I, and our background, um, we did. Five and a half million our first year, and thirty eight million in our second year. Wow! And have continued to explode at that kind of trajectory. But it's all based on the technology. In the beginning, the investors all cared about the technology and the data and our secret sauce.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now it's much more about the performance
1: of the business. Yeah, and and your tech. Let's talk about the technology now, because I think we've reached that point where where it's due. And one the thing, one thing you said is that the large companies weren't interested. Yeah. Uh I don't know if we should talk about that now or come back to it. Let's <laughs> let's come back to that because okay. I would talk more about, about the technology.
0: At the core, we are using um data science to uh to understand small businesses at a much more fundamental way. So we're taking gigantic data sets and and trying to understand a small business at a granular level, how risky are they? And we can price a super risky business. We can price them we can give them a price that fits them, but it's higher yeah. priced and a, a super, you know, easy business or one that's less risky, we can we can price much lower. And we do that with um super advanced AI and and predictive modeling. Um that's the core. That's the core of the business.
1: Well, that that really puzzles me because what my experience has been around learning about things like workers' comp is that that one you mentioned a uh, a brick business. What was your first customer? A uh, cement a cement company, right? Mm-hmm. One cement company you said they'd never had claims. Another one could have claims all the time because of whatever their bad work practices are. Right. So how can you use a secret sauce to unravel that?
0: So, the marketplace this is a this is a good uh way to think about it, so, in the state of Colorado, most insurance companies look at concrete work and they look at companies that do that they're all kind of the same mm-hmm. right whether they've had claims or not had the claims, so they price them high as a result. everyone's a bad risk everyone's a bad risk because it's it's a it's an inherently dangerous job. We can look at the data and we can finely segment it in ways that the other companies cannot. And for those companies that have really good safety, it'll show up in the data and
1: we can price them lower. But that's not going to show up for an early, for like a fledgling, a brand new company. You don't have that data, right? So you have, so you're, they're just, regardless where they get it, they're going to have to pay more because they're new and unproven.
0: Not necessarily. The data science we use, um, we can put them in groups. They look like other good risk. And so we can give them a better rate, even though they're new. Huh.
1: Well, that would be part of the secret sauce, I suppose. Where's your data come from?
0: Uh, It's a number of places. Um, Most of it is our own that we've purchased. Uh, We have a lot of uh, proprietary agreements with data providers. Um, Mm where We're we're the only uh, company that can use that data. Uh, And we use a lot of publicly available data as well. Uh, data from the U.S. government and OSHA and things like that. What's
1: a piece – oh, OSHA, that's one. So what's a piece of data that might have a surprising connection to risk that maybe I wouldn't be thinking of?
0: Um, Well, there's lots of things that you and I wouldn't think of naturally. Things like um, the average uh, average wage – in a business like John's Plumbing, okay, in Indiana. John pays slightly more than average. Stands to Mm. reason if you think about it, oh, Mm. we've probably got better plumbers, better risk. Mm. They're not gonna have as many claims. Conversely, you know, Bob's Plumbing has wages that are lower than average. In the state of Indiana, or even in Indianapolis, uh, and so we would say
1: Bob would pay more than John. That's very interesting, and it makes sense as you explain it, but I never would have thought of it. Right. And there are probably other secret sauce factors that and you can- that's an easy one. There's, yeah, there's yeah.
0: very complex.
1: Yeah, but that's a great illustration, <laughs> uh, because I, I was surprised. I went online and to apply, to get a mm-hmm. quote. I didn't go all the way through. Actually, I did. Somebody called me. I'm like, no, I'm just preparing for an interview with Dax, <laughs> Or he sent me an email. I can't remember. I'm glad to hear they called. Yes, yeah. And but I put in almost no information. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, how can you lower premiums with less information? That really baffled me.
0: Well, it's not less information. It's less information from you. From
1: me, yes. Right? But that's.
0: And that's that's the, the beauty of, of data science and leveraging third-party data. And there's so much data out there that we don't have to burden you with a big application. Hmm. We can get a little bit of information and
1: use that as a proxy for- All the risk. other back-end stuff you have. So, all right, back to the comment you made earlier, the large companies weren't doing this. Right. Like, I mean, we see this all the time with industry disruption, where big companies don't do something until the little companies I mean, right. taxicabs didn't do anything until Uber came along. I mean, you see it in everything, uh digital photography, whatever. Mm-hmm. like so in your case, like why not? You'd think that these big companies could do that, could do exactly what you're doing. Some of it is um cultural. These are companies where
0: most executives in the business are. You know, tenured people, they've been there 30, 40 years. Hmm. Um, and they didn't grow up with this kind of technology.
1: So thinking and that way, just not natural. Just
0: isn't in their, their DNA. And they have built their businesses with, with human beings. Human beings making decisions. And humans generally make pretty good decisions, except when the data is so vast. They can't make sense of the, the data right in a, in a meaningful way quickly. Well, that's what data science can do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, my last company, Valon Analytics, we worked with insurance companies to do this exact thing. We would offer them you know, data science-driven underwriting, and some of them would buy, uh, but nobody would use it fully. They weren't embracing it. They wouldn't embrace it at all, even though we could demonstrate the results. Hey, you can price better. Uh, and give your customers a better experience by using this technology, Hmm. but they wouldn't uh, adopt it. And so it became very frustrating as an entrepreneur to see the opportunities that our data science created, and they wouldn't use it.
1: It seems like almost you have to, to, to take on a business like this. You have to have a mindset like using the data is almost an end in itself. You know, that this is your objective. Yeah. It's there. I know I can do it. I'm going to do it. As opposed to, I want to be in the insurance business. Oh, absolutely. This is a data business. You're yeah. in the data business. Yeah. So you're also getting into, this is one that confi- like, baffles me. I saw on your website, you're getting into cyber insurance. Is that not, not a big thing? We It's not a big
0: thing for us. We do have small business customers that need cyber insurance. So we work with other cyber insurance companies. Mm and resell it to our clients. All right.
1: Because that that would be one that'd be even tougher. I mean, even the yeah. uh, tough, tough to get your head around. Very
0: tough. The tough, the the data is very thin. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to yeah. build really good models for so that. sort
1: of the opposite of the risk ability or the ability to manage risk through data that you have with workers comp. Exactly. The other is completely
0: and, and we yeah. just we don't have good data for it. So we leverage other companies. Maybe
1: in ten years somebody else is going to be a pie insurance of of cyber. Or maybe you will. Maybe us. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's talk. You mentioned your background a few times. You mentioned a data. Uh, you were your CEO, a founder of a data mm-hmm. analytics company. What else um, do you think is particularly interesting as far as your startup background? Um,
0: I've never had a real
1: job. Really?
0: Ever? Uh, well, not ever. I mean, I worked at a restaurant when I was a kid. Oh, well, Yeah. Uh, at a lawn mowing business, right? at that, just,
1: at a paper business, paper
0: boy, yeah, and started uh, started my first company in grad school uh, in the wireless business. Um, so I'm an entrepreneur, yeah. when people ask me what I do, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, and I think if you're a good entrepreneur, it doesn't matter what the industry is. Um, just, I'm just an entrepreneur, right? I know how to build businesses, and know how to build teams, know how to raise funds for those those teams. Um, my first business was in the antenna business. Hmm. I didn't know anything about antennas. I have three antenna patents. Hmm. Uh, my second business was in the the data science and and predictive analytics business. I didn't know hmm. anything about that and uh, built that business and sold it. Hmm. Uh, and
1: now in the insurance business. Yeah. So, what's your shelf life for uh, each business? I mean, do they vary? Or is it a you know? Um, that's a really good question.
0: The the shelf life. I I don't know what my shelf life is uh, for pie. Uh, I want to take this uh, to a place where it's it's thriving on its own and it becomes a generational business, meaning that it's 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 thirty, forty, fifty years from now, uh,
1: it's still around. Yeah. Now, as you think about back on these startups, I like to talk about these things because boy, it, it seems like you can't learn someone else's mistakes you got to make your own <laughs> so you know what are a couple of mistakes that you made at past companies that you when you started pi are like i am not doing that again uh
0: the number one was culture and my last company valon i i thought i knew how to build a team and build the right culture because my prior company we had an amazing culture and an amazing team when i learned at valon is i just got lucky i didn't have a system for it I didn't understand really how to interview and how to get the best of people. It almost sank the business. Hmm. Uh, Took me two years to really figure out I had the wrong culture, the wrong team. And then it took me another two years to build the right team and the right culture. And so with Pi, we set out from the very beginning. The first thing we did, uh, John and I, was describe our values and our operating principles. And we have use those and leverage those to hire the right people to empower the people we have and to to motivate the team and then to continue hiring it is it, culture as uh you know Mark Andreessen said eat strategy for breakfast yeah, yeah. and pie is living proof of that
1: wow so that's interesting so um getting a great culture by accident that's also interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: that was uh it was by accident. Um, I just happened to, to to hire some of the right people, and mm. they were amazing. Mm. Uh, they were amazing for us at the time. What I don't know, because I sold that business fairly early, was how
1: they would have scaled. Yeah. Huh. But do you think you built a culture, a scaling, scalable culture at Pi? Oh, we've absolutely built a scalable culture at Pi. I mean, we're almost 500 people now, so we... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, here's here's one of the things I hear about a lot, and I can't mention any names, but in, in tech companies that are growing really fast, all the employees just kind of come together and it's great, and then the newest employees become middle managers with no training and no mm-hmm. skills. And it's really hard to scale a culture with people who don't know how to manage. You're nodding. Like, what do you do about that? <laughs> we uh, we struggled with this early on because we did that exact thing. Hmm we had
0: people that were in jobs and we made them managers and didn't give them the the proper tools and training that they needed realized we made that mistake and built a people team that is focused on training development uh performance management all the things that you see in larger companies we've got at a company our size mm. so we
1: can scale that puts the scalability right there That's yeah right. yeah uh I want to ask you another question about that. First, I want to remind listeners, this is Proco 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and this is the podcast featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. This episode is with Dax Craig, CEO of Unicorn Valued Pie Insurance. Go to Proco360.com to subscribe to my newsletter, read my blog, link to sponsors, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. So you mentioned some, like a mistake you don't want to repeat. What skill? Do you find you know you've been able to bring from from startup to startup that you're like as you think about as you thought about building pie is like okay this is something I've done I need to keep doing more of an innate skill yeah sure
0: paint a vision and get people to uh, follow that vision um, it is it is it is challenging to get people to believe in your vision
1: is challenging to get people to, really from an employee and an investor standpoint. Yeah. But I, I mean, isn't that your very first role as a founding CEO to like be able to, of, of course, but yeah, I know lots of founding CEOs that
0: they have an amazing idea, but they can't be the Pied Piper. Hmm. And so they need someone that can be that Pied Piper can drag in the investors and yeah, Key
1: employees. So, what did that sound like when you were being a Pied Piper early on, and you were saying, "This is my vision"? What did that sound like? Well, the vision is exactly what we're doing, right? It's
0: it's applying technology to make small business easy and affordable. No kidding. It was it was that simple, and had enough uh, experience uh, and credibility that we were
1: able to to get people in. Hmm. Now, you've you've said, I mean, you talked about your culture. Um, Pie's actually been named a best place to work. Um, is it possible to I mean you're at 500 employees now still a best place to work when you look at the room and you think is this scalable like can I get to 2000 employees can I grow 4x and still have this best place to work what do you think I hope so
0: I think we can we have continued to enhance the culture every step of the way uh it is as fun as it used to be, uh, so we haven't lost that mm. spark. Even though we we are now mostly remote, uh, we've been able to keep the
1: culture even in a COVID Zoom mm. world, which is which is super fascinating. How do you keep a culture when it's remote? I know it's a huge question, and you can't answer it quickly. But <laughs> but I mean seriously, I mean that seems like the biggest challenge because there's the camaraderie isn't the same. I mean, really. Well, think about the elements of culture. Right,
0: it's It's how you work, how do you what's do that the, mean? the work you do? Well, do you collaborate with your team? Mm. You can collaborate via Zoom or via phone call just as well as, as you can in a conference room. Uh, how well do you support your teammates? How, how well do you, do you work towards common goals? Uh, now we do bring people in. Mm-hmm. so we have collaboration yeah. days uh, once a month. We do try and create those kind of events. Yeah. yeah. But it's really the the how you do work uh, is where the culture lies.
1: That, you know, the other piece, and I've had some conversations with people about this, it's also to me the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, is it meaningful? Does it feel relevant? Does it feel important? You know, because it seems like that goes way farther than the cappuccino machines and the ping pong tables. (laughs) For sure. Culture is not about cappuccino machines and ping pong
0: tables. I think people make that mistake. It's about what you're doing every day. So insurance is this weird business that people, you know, oh, insurance sounds kind of boring.
1: At I said that already,
0: of, right? But at, <laughs> at the end of the day, when when someone gets hurt at work, they come to us and we help them repair their lives. That is, th- there is almost none, nothing more meaningful than that. I mean, they. And, and and I'm talking about incredible injuries, right? Brain injuries, breaking their spines. I mean, things that are just horrific. And and we help them put the pieces back together, right? They have kids, take care of their kids and their family. That's as meaningful as it gets.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're in Colorado and you're also in D.C. Mm-hmm. So talk about why you're in Colorado and why... Would you even let them be in D.C. instead of here <laughs> in this beautiful state? Well, uh, my co-founder
0: is in D.C. Yeah, I'm here. And early on, we decided that we were going to be a business that was going to be all over the country. And so it didn't matter that he was there and I was here. Uh, the bulk of the, the employees are here in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's more conducive to technology businesses. Uh, we have higher caliber talent. Um, for tech. Not uh, right. not to say that DC doesn't have good people. They do, but there's a lot more tech people in Colorado. Uh, and that's because it's an amazing place to live, right? I love it. I moved here in 1993 and will never leave. It's you know, the same thing that attracted me attracts our employees, right? The yeah. weather, the outdoors, the arts, the I mean, there's just so much about our city and our state that are amazing. Uh, I would never want to be any place
1: else and it's, it's business friendly. You've got all this stuff and business friendly. Mm, That's a pretty good place. Yeah. Well, all right. Last question. As we kind of wrap up, think about what's next. Um, What would uh, sort of people like me, non insurance savvy folks be intrigued about with where you're going next? Well, we're going to take insurance
0: to a place that uh, it needs to go, which is, Interesting, because I just talked about we pick up the pieces when there's an accident. Mm-hmm. What if we can prevent the accident? And what if we can help you, you know, save lives? So we are entering uh, commercial auto insurance with our partnership with Ford.
1: Hmm. Uh,
0: and our mission is is literally to save lives. Because we can help drivers become better, safer drivers without charging them more through the use of technology and that's what we're trying to do. So we'll uh, we'll have that product ready later
1: this year. And is this technology that's rolling out in vehicles or is it via phones? It'll be um, a combination of uh,
0: vehicle-based uh, phone-based and essentially what we're, what we're trying to do is is make you a better safer driver um, and through coaching and uh Simulations and things like that. Hmm. So we did this at my past company where we worked with, uh, trucking companies that were having on average, uh, you know, three to six fatalities a year. Uh, we implemented the system and those fatalities went to
1: zero. Wow. Zero. You know, that's pretty interesting. Like I, I'm not sure I want to have an insurance company see when I'm speeding, but I'm okay with them helping me avoid injury to myself and my loved ones. Exactly. And, and when you're a business owner, right. Yeah.
0: You own, you know, John's plumbing uh, and you've got, you know, 20 people driving around the city. Mm -hmm. You care about them and you care about others that they might might be affected.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds interesting. Uh, I'll watch for it. We'll talk (laughs) again. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and today on Proco 360, you've been listening to my conversation with Dax Craig, CEO of Pi Insurance, and uh, Dax, glad you could join me in studio and uh, make insurance actually pretty interesting. Fascinating. (laughs) I I learned a ton about the back-end piece of the data, not like how to do it, but I've learned to appreciate it. So thanks for that. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Listeners, glad you could be here on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast. And if you haven't yet, it's a huge help if you submit a review in your app. Thanks again to show sponsors Via Technologies, Kinsley Meetings, and Colorado Biz Magazine. That's the show, live, work, love Colorado.